Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. From the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios, when you need certainty in the home buying process with a loan that fits your life, remember Rocket Can. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio, 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. Send the tweets. Send the hot takes at Ken Carmen, C-A-R-M-A-N. We're paying attention to the Masters. The cut line's going on today. I have a question later on, and I hope I'm saying his name right. We have a new producer in our midst, Frank Marchese. I hope I'm saying it right. If not, hopefully he'll correct me later on at noon. I'm going to have to get him involved. I'm going to have to get you guys involved. Because in about two hours, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to bring up a very big conversation with you, and whether or not I'm making a personal mistake, or whether or not I'm lying to myself. That's the question. I'm good at lying to myself. You look in the mirror, you see what you see. I don't want to see what I see. I'm good at lying to myself. I stay away from scales. I stay away from mirrors. I stay away from a lot of things that can tell me the harsh, awful truth about a lot of things that I have, that a lot of picadillos that I have that are pretty bad. I wonder if I'm lying to myself about the Masters. And I will bring up what I'm lying to myself about or what I think I might be lying to myself about when it comes to the Masters at around high noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. I started off one of the hours last week. This was the 11 o'clock hour last week where I brought up Jim Harbaugh. And on Monday after this loss to, to Indiana, I want to give Tom Allen credit. I want to give him the credit that he deserves. What Indiana has done, and by the way, you're noticing something, if we're talking a little bit about the pandemic, is that in the state of Indiana, you're seeing two things. Notre Dame gets an upset win over Clemson. They rush the field. Any other time in the world, it'd be fantastic to do. They rush the field, and I'm thinking, gosh, in the same state, just a little bit south of, of South Bend, Indiana, in the same state, you got to think, if we're under normal times or they allow fans in that stadium in Indiana in the win over Penn State and in the win over Michigan, you know that fans are rushing that stadium or they're rushing that field. So it's probably a better decision by the Big Ten, even though they lose gate revenue. It's probably a better decision by the Big Ten to go, hey, friends and family only, and that's it. And you ain't moving. Probably a better decision by the Big Ten to do that. 
Because in the same state, you see a couple of things go different. And one team's pulled off two big upsets, and one team pulled off a great upset, which I know, I know, Boston College is coming to town today, and we'll ask Matt Fortuna about that coming up at 11.40 a.m. Eastern. Because the last time that there was that big upset in 2002, I swear to you on my sons that I didn't even have a glint in my eye over back in 2002. I swear to you I had a dream that week that Boston College would upset Notre Dame. And it just feels so terribly bad. I want Notre Dame to run the table. I want them to get back to an ACC championship game or get to the ACC championship game to play Clemson to see what they would do against Trevor Lawrence. I want to be able to do that. You cannot, cannot, cannot have some terrible dry fart that goes across the country when you go out and lose. And they're a well-coached football team. Jeff Halfley's done a good job. They're tougher than people thought. That's nothing against Boston College. But you can't go out there and have that type of a letdown after a win over Clemson. You can't do it against them. You can't do it against North Carolina. You can't do it against Syracuse. You can't do it against Wake Forest. It's just simply impossible. You cannot do it. That's a thought on Notre Dame. More on them coming up in a little bit. But I wanted to give credit to Tom Allen in in, in Indiana. And I still will. Your goal at Indiana is the kids who don't go to Notre Dame, Ohio State, Michigan, you want to see if you can get them to come to Indiana instead of Michigan State. That's your goal. Get the kids who could go to Illinois, poach them from Illinois, get a couple of the other kids, coach them up. you got to coach them up. But that's, I think, your recruiting goal. Hey, you're good enough to go to major D1 programs. Let's see if we can't bring you here, coach you up, and see here in the next couple of years if we can't get a nice group going and see if we can shock a few teams out there. I think that's what Indiana's done, and I I, I give them credit for doing it. I want to give Tom Allen credit. Still, I have to say this, Michigan has no business getting beaten by Indiana, no matter what it is. If Ohio State were to go out next week and get beaten by Indiana, you have to say the same thing about Ohio State. You have no business playing at that level, recruiting at that level, having the type of resources that you have. You have zero business losing to a team like Indiana. I'm sorry you don't. James Franklin has no business losing to a team like Indiana. It's, It's frankly inexcusable. You have none. And last week, and we did this at 11, and and Pirno probably remembers. I said, you know, Jim's probably going nowhere. You know, the loss to Michigan State was horrible, but you know, what if if Michigan ends up at 6-2? I didn't see them losing to Indiana. I didn't see them losing to Wisconsin, which I believe they're an underdog in this football game. Phil Steele, philsteele.com, said that he thinks that Michigan's going to win this thing. I said, you know, if they finish 6-2, They'll reevaluate things. Ward will reevaluate things up at up at Michigan as he does every year, and they'll say, "Well, you know, you had that hiccup against Michigan State, but then you lost to Ohio State, which is a normal thing." And because I think they're so afraid of what happened when they moved on from Lloyd Carr, because Lloyd Carr was a successful coach, and people started saying, "You know, he he just isn't what we need him to be. He's not what we need him to be for this program." And they went to Rich Rodriguez, and they lost their way. They went to Brady Hoke. They try to regain it, and then they eventually lost their way. And now you have the ultimate Michigan man, a guy who wins, who wins a lot of games, but in the biggest moments falls apart and doesn't beat Ohio State and has a weird, bad record against little little brother and against other good football teams out there. And I thought, goodness, it's, it just seems to be, and this is before Indiana, by the way. Again, this is pre-Indiana. 
I said, I think it's an overreaction. I think the fans, I think the media wants to go after Jim Harbaugh more than what the fans do, what the, what the strong alumni base does, what guys like Steve Ross want to do. I think the media wants to go after them a little harder than, than what the actual fans do. And then they lose to Indiana. And the panic buttons are pressed. The storm sirens go off. People in the state of Michigan are upset throughout. And it does force a right now, in the middle of everything we're dealing with, it does force an evaluation of Jim Harbaugh and his program. It forces what's real. It forces what's, what has been fake, what's been an excuse, and what this man is going to do for this program moving forward. That is the biggest issue with this program. It's not what you've done. What you've done is bring them back to some prominence. What you've done is made them a conversation piece of what do we do with Michigan? What Jim Harbaugh's done has been, for the most part, admirable. He's brought them back to some level. But now it's what does he do for the future? And before Michigan makes a, a decision on Jim Harbaugh, before fans make a decision on Jim Harbaugh, Michigan has to figure out who they want to be. Because I think Michigan football is having an identity crisis. We've all been through this. We were all 12, 13 years old. I'm not sure how the ladies took it, so I, I don't know if I can speak for you. I'm sorry. But as a guy, you know, we all have identity crisis. We all go through phases. What are we going to be? Who, who are we going to be? What What is our future? They start talking to us about what type of job do you want to do when you're in seventh grade? You know, what, what, what do you want to be when you grow up? And, and you have to figure out, and, and these decisions aren't final. Sometimes it takes a little bit later. Sometimes people decide very early and they're able to do it. But you have to figure out who you want to be. And for Michigan, you are trying to please two different entities. And you're going to have to pick a road to go down here. Because Jim Harbaugh, the name, the celebrity of him, he is a celebrity, he is a major figure. Jim Harbaugh forces you to have a fork in the road. If you want to make a strong decision on Jim Harbaugh, good or bad, you need to figure out, you being Michigan, Michigan needs to figure out exactly who they want to be. Michigan is a very good academic school, one of the best schools of business in the entire country. It's a school that a lot of people want to go to, strive to go to. It's something that you put up there on your wall. This isn't just any school. This is the University of Michigan, folks. I know what I'm talking about. That's one of the things that they have. It's not like that at every Big Ten school. It's starting to become like that at Ohio State. I'll give them credit, but it, it certainly hasn't always been that way at Ohio State, my goodness. And the other schools that are academic schools in the, in the conference, Purdue, Northwestern, eh, they don't really compete at the way that Michigan is, and that's the point. Because for Michigan, hey, if you want to be an academic school, Jim Harbaugh's doing a great job. Nine-plus wins a year. You don't have any scandals that I can think of. I don't see any big NCAA violations. I know that some people were upset about the, the satellite camps throughout the country and across the world, really, but it, it seems that he found a loophole there. Your graduation rate is fantastic. You're a non-consistent national title contender, but you build to a year. You are not competitive against Ohio State. 
because Ohio State puts an emphasis on their football team. Everything Michigan talks about, including from their own words when Quiddy Pay has a problem with it, one of the few seniors and leaders on that football team because everybody wants to say they're young, but Quiddy Pay has said that they don't put enough stress on Ohio State. They don't put enough stress on football. They don't put enough stress on this is who we are. Everything seems to be pulling away. We care about this game as much as we do any other game when it comes to Ohio State, which is the wrong way to look about that rivalry when you're looking at one of the few best rivalries, three best rivalries in college football. But if you want to be an academic school, you go right on ahead. And if you want to be an academic school, that means I don't think Jim Harbaugh should go anywhere. You're winning nine-plus games a year. Jim Harbaugh graduates a lot of players. Jim Harbaugh has – I don't I, – I, there are there is controversy, of course, because it's Jim Harbaugh, but what's the real scandal? Where's the scandal that gets you in hot water? Where are the problems that have happened in other schools that we talk about being of the upper echelon, including your neighbor to the south who you hate with Ohio State? There are none. You've done a good job. Admirable work. But is it worth $7 million a year? Because that's what you pay Jim Harbaugh, at least pre-pandemic. That's what you pay Jim. Is it $7 million a year? Did you pay Jim Harbaugh $7 million a year to be a really good academic school that has a decent football program that can build to something? Because what I'm watching right now, and you guys are going to hate this comparison, is the same thing that you guys all go after when it comes to Notre Dame. You guys say you don't take Notre Dame seriously. There's times where we build up Notre Dame. They start off hot. They play a couple of decent opponents, and then they go out and they get beat by Georgia. Or they play a couple of decent opponents, and they go out and they get beat by somebody else. And you never want to take Notre Dame seriously, hopefully until last Saturday. But, of course, well, he played the backup. Fine. I guess we'll talk about that a little bit later on. But what I see in Michigan is the same thing I see in Notre Dame. Graduate players. You win nine-plus games a season. You don't have – there's a few scandals there with Notre Dame, certainly, but I don't see the NCAA violations with either one of these schools. You're Notre Dame. There's nothing wrong with being Notre Dame. Notre Dame is a fine school. Notre Dame is a fine football program and a fine football tradition. They're not taken seriously, as given by anybody who talks about Notre Dame. They're not taken seriously amongst Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Georgia, Texas, if Texas could ever get their head out of their ass, same thing with USC. They're not taken seriously in that case. But they have everything that an alum wants. They have pride. Or do you want to be a powerhouse? No less than 10 wins. You might have some scandals. You have three-year players that, let's call it what it is, guys. There's guys that, and you can go and get your college education, and you can do great. That, that college isn't going anywhere. Ohio State University, Penn State University, Alabama, Clemson, those teams that we talk about, those colleges aren't going anywhere. You can always go back and get your education. But you're looking at three-year guys. You're looking at guys who went to IMG Academy. You're looking at guys who went to St. Thomas Aquinas. Or at that school out in Vegas that I, for whatever reason, I'm having a total brain fart on. You get those guys who are coming to your school, you got to turn them into machines, and they're going to be with you for three years. So that means you're going to play them earlier, but you're going to play at a high level. You're recruiting at a high level, and that means you want to be a powerhouse. You take guys and you turn them into machines. You take five-star athletes. You turn them into the very best because you want to be elite. You're a title contender every year. You're competitive against Ohio State, the aforementioned Alabama and Clemson. 
Because right now, if you have Jim Harbaugh there, that's what you thought you were getting. And that's what you're paying for. You're paying $7 million a year to Jim Harbaugh. It was is the going rate to, what, what $8 million a year is what Dabo Sweeney makes base. You have the other amount of money that Nick Saban makes. Ryan Day makes a little bit less, I think, but still going to be making a lot of money. Lincoln Riley sure as hell is going to be making a lot of money over this time. You have plenty of guys there who play at that high level, who, who play big boy college football stuff, who are being paid for it. You're paying right now for an academic program. You can go out and get a coach to have good academics. Or you can continue to have Jim Harbaugh and pay through the nose for the same type of academic program. So this is what Michigan needs to decide here. If you want to be a powerhouse, you're going to have to move on from Jim Harbaugh. What we're seeing is the ceiling, folks. It's been a long enough time. It's been too many excuses. He came in with a lot of vigor. A, a grand parade, a prodigal son returning, bringing pride back to Michigan. The Michigan man is back. He's going to make this program what it was again. The vision's a car. The vision's a Schembechler there. Hasn't been that way. You've paid through the nose for underachievement and excuses. Where other coaches take quarterbacks and turn them into weapons were other coaches who are in your stratosphere or above your stratosphere, the stratosphere you're supposed to be a part of, take guys and they're not backup quarterbacks, they're the next in line, okay? You've dumbed it down at an academic program. and You've lowered those standards. You're paying for one, you're getting another. If you want to mix, mix it up with the big boys, if you want to play against Alabama, and make a reasonable showing of yourself. If you want to play against Clemson, if you want to beat Ohio State, this guy's not the man for you. You're going to have to move on. But if you want what you're getting, nine-plus wins a year, no scandals, decent bowl game, not competitive in one of the greatest, what was supposed to be one of the greatest rivalries in college sports, and that means it's one of the greatest rivalries in all the sports all over the world, well... You can continue with Jim Harbaugh. But Michigan needs to make a decision on their own first. What type of school, what type of program do they want to be? Then they decide what type of coach they want. Because this, this ain't good enough if you want to play with the big boys. This is the Ken Carmen Show. John U. Bacon coming up 1040 a.m. Eastern, 740 a.m. Pacific. 11.40 a.m. Eastern, 8.40 a.m. Pacific. Matt Fortuna, college football writer, analyst for The Athletic. And then we talk golf. I have to say it that way. We talk Masters with Jimmy Hanlon, PGA Golf Pro, host 18 holes on Fox Sports with Natalie Gulbis, also Swing Clinic. Talking to Jimmy about the Masters all coming up. And then I got a big question about whether or not I'm lying to myself about the Masters at noon Eastern. It's, it's an action-packed show. Looking at the tweets first. Cocky Texan. Because I'm asking about Jim Harbaugh. Everybody just cares about their own team, which is fine. Ken, did you see Chris Fowler tell South Carolina fans to lessen expectations? We got used to nine win seasons under Spurrier. Now we have a two and four record and have last our past 12 games been outscored 100 to 24. Muschamp is not the guy. I would say I didn't hear Chris Fowler say that. I'm not saying anything negative towards Chris Fowler. I can't speak to it. I think it's okay to have a nine, to expect a nine-win season as a fan of South Carolina. 
Like there are certain schools that, hey, this is this is what you are. I, I totally believe in you are who you are. I mean, that's why we're talking about Michigan right now. Who are you? What is your identity? There's a school like South Carolina. Good following. Good stadium. Good area. That's a nice town there in Columbia, South Carolina. Some people disagree. Been there more than a handful of times. Enjoyed my time in Columbia, South Carolina. You can expect to have I, – I don't think you're a national championship contender. I might have said that about Clemson a decade ago, so who the hell am I? I don't think you should be a national championship contender, but, yeah, you can expect eight to nine wins a year. I think that's fine. There's certain guys that they're just not cut out to be head coaches. Will Muschamp may very well not be one of the – or may very well be one of those guys. There's there's plenty of guys who are great coordinators, great assistant coaches. They're just, nah, as a head coach, it's just not what you really need them to be. Nine-win seasons, eight-win seasons, things like that. I, I think you can expect that. A 10 here and there, I think you, that's reasonable to expect that if you're a South Carolina fan. I think it's reasonable to expect out of Michigan if, if you're a Michigan football fan and you expect them to be a national championship contender with the history, with the financial backing, with, with that alumni base, you should be able to expect that sort of thing. But it just depends on what Michigan themselves want to be. Because any time that we bring this up and – it's okay if this is what they are. Maybe I'll just have to accept this. Anytime we bring this up about Michigan, well, our academics. Our academics are just too high. Well, you know, we hold ourselves to a higher standard. Okay, then that's fine, but we're not going to talk about you as, uh, with the big boys anymore. We're not going to talk about you with that that powerful elite five teams of the Power Five. You're just you're not able to be there. We'll move on to Texas. We'll bitch about Texas. Maybe we'll bitch about USC, which is also another elite private school. That school's private, for crying out loud. But we can bitch about them if you want us to. But when you bring in Jim Harbaugh, you're bringing in a major celebrity, and really I've seen a lot of excuses so far. If you want to be an academic school, win nine-plus games a year, which is still a very high standard, that's great. That's very, very good. Maybe $7 million is the golden rate for that. But you brought in Jim Harbaugh for a reason. He hasn't accomplished those goals just yet. And now if you lose to Indiana, which I got nothing against Tom Allen, I think Tom Allen has done a fine job. But you have no business losing to Indiana. If this is what you want, then we'll eventually just dial it down ourselves. But if you want more, then you're going to have to move on. Because nothing that he does seems to make sense. Well, we'll we'll get a JUCO guy in here, or we'll we'll get a transfer guy in here, and he'll play quarterback. Well, that didn't work. Well, we'll recruit this guy, and we'll bring it. Well, that didn't work. What what are you, what program are you building? What is your identity, other than Michigan man? What is Jim Harbaugh doing other than just saying he's a Michigan man? You need to know that. Eight five five two one two four CBS. Let me get to Tyler in South Carolina. He's next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead, Tyler. Hey, what's going on? Love the show. First time caller. Thank you, Tyler. Go right on ahead. Tell me what's going on. A um, couple quick things, and I'll take the comments. I'll get it off air. Um, as far as Muschamp goes, uh, it, you know, being a Clemson fan, the ACC always brings down our strength of schedule, and South Carolina doesn't do anything to help us that year in and year out. Um, I think uh, they're stuck with him for at least another year because his buyout's so large unless some donor decides to come through and just put a big chunk of change on the do table. They have a, do them. they have a big donor? Do they have I, – because I don't – you know, I know about yeah. certain people in certain schools. Do they have a few big-time uh, donors that could do no, that buyout? No, nothing for this year. I mean, it's just too much. Um, and if it comes out of the woodworks, maybe. Um, another thing about Michigan, I think 
Michigan fans need to be happy with what Harbaugh's doing there. If Harbaugh can't get it done, then who's going to get it done? I say no one short of Urban Meyer flipping on Ohio State and going there. Which <laughs> happen. But I mean, I mean, that's, I, that's you know, I I think there's, you know, Tyler. I see. I don't. I don't agree with that. I don't. I think there are other guys that could go to that school, and if they if they really want to be a part of it. You're gonna have to. They're gonna have to understand. Not you. They're gonna have to understand that they're gonna have to start taking three-year guys, guys who are supposed to be elite recruits. That their only goal is to get to the NFL, and then you make them care. Because when they're, this is what Urban Meyer's done. That's been good. Now he certainly has a lot of controversy surrounding him, and he's and everything that's on him is blamed on him. That's his. That's his responsibility, Tyler. But what Urban Meyer did is he took guys from Florida, from Georgia, from California, from Texas. He took those guys and then immediately broke them down, made them care, made them care about that rivalry, made them take it personally. Guys who did not grow up in that rivalry. He made them take it personally. And then he actually made them care about their team. Now, they got fat and happy after 2014 because 2015 was a disaster. They should have been a better team. But Urban Meyer has done a good job of making guys take it personally. You got to get guys to make them take it personally if you're going to recruit at that level, because that's what Dabo does, and yes, he stepped in it himself, and certainly that's what Nick Saban does. Oh, you yeah, got to sure. you got to make um, them care. But it, you have to. What is the ceiling for Michigan? I think because I think I, you know, I said it all fair. Uh, with the exception of Michigan's shared title in 1997, they haven't won anything since World War II. So like, where where do they want to be? I think nine or ten wins. I think that's a reasonable expectation for Michigan fans, and uh, also. I think Southern Cal, you touched on that. I think Southern Cal is Urban Meyer away from competing for a national title. Oh, I and, think uh, right I'll take the that. comments off there, man. I appreciate oh, it. I, I think you're right about that. Tyler, thank you very much for the call. It, it's just going to be – this is a very awkward thing to say because Michigan fan wants to have it all. So when Tyler's telling me that it's unreasonable, he's not coding his language. I'll code the language. you got to be willing to have some NCAA violations. When we talk about Urban Meyer, when we talk about the Zach Smith thing, that's totally different. But if you're looking at bending rules as far as you possibly can, that's when USC was good. That's what's made Alabama good. That's what made Clemson good. If you have a really powerful program, I'm going to assume that there's a bending of the rules. There is a deference to the player, a deference to the situation, and that's okay. If you want to have a squeaky clean program, then don't complain from what Tyler's saying. Don't complain about winning only nine, ten games in a year. If you want to be one of the big boys, you're going to have to change things a little bit because USC has been a competitive team, and through that time, while they were very competitive, while they were one of the powerhouse teams, they had a lot of scandals and a lot of controversies that they had to push away. Ohio State, the same thing. If you want to be one of those schools, because right now Michigan's got a lot of good stuff going for them. The academics are high. I don't see anything as far as the scandals concerned. You really can't say anything about their players. can't say anything about their coaches. can't say anything about $100 handshakes or anything, at least nothing you can nail down. There's nothing there. That, that's what a lot of people want out of their college football program. But now you're going to have to go a little bit deeper. And it d- depends on what you want to be. This is the Ken Carmen Show.
855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. That's CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line, and it's sponsored by GEICO. Whether you rent or own, GEICO makes it easy to bundle home and car insurance. Have a home is hard work. Get a quote today at GEICO.com. It's easy. Like right after the show, I said I was going to go outside and trim the bushes, then mow. I got all my leaves up last week, even though more fell, but I'm just going to mulch them. What the hell? And I am not looking forward to that. So I'm hoping that this is a good long show. So (laughs) I do not want to deal with any of that later on today. It's just like, man. And then you're racing against the clock because the sun's going down. Guy who knows all about that and knows all about Michigan, so he knows all about fall. John U. Bacon joins us on the show. What a transition. Writer, author, Michigan man. Find him on Twitter, at John U. Bacon. John, how you doing this morning? Doing all right, Ken. How about yourself? I'm doing pretty well. Doing pretty well here. All right, you know what I'm going to ask you about. I got to ask oh, you yeah. about Harbaugh. I got to ask you about Michigan. I'm sure your gun's loaded. Go right on ahead. What do you got for me here, John? <laughs> uh, sadly, a uh, bunch of blanks. Um, how about that? <laughs> uh, right now, it's still in flux. I'm, all my sources indicate there have been no conversations between Jim Harbaugh and Michigan Athletic Director Ward Manuel. Uh, the extension is still on Ward's desk. They're about to sign that, it looked like, in March before COVID hit. And as Jim has said, uh, they got bigger fish to fry, of course, with COVID and all the rest. But that means that his contract runs out in one year. And as you know, in college football, you can't usually go that long without signing an extension or else you lose recruiting continuity and you get recruited against and so on. So uh, in December, January, they have to make a decision on that one, obviously. Uh, until then, I'm almost certain they will not. Don't forget, Rich Rodriguez. They didn't fire him midseason. They didn't fire Brady Hoke midseason. Those guys, you know, Hoke was 5-7 and seven for crying out loud. So it was not Jim Harbaugh. So nothing's going to happen during the season. I'm confident of that. I'm also largely confident that Harbaugh will not get fired per se. Uh, I can't imagine that. They might have an amicable party in other ways, but that depends on, on what they sit down to do. Michigan historically has certainly been behind and largely immune to public opinion. So that's not always a good barometer here. Well, you know, you, you took the word right out of my mouth because I've been saying over the last couple of weeks because the second Michigan loses any game, the sirens go off. <laughs> and I have been a guy going, I've been a, like, guy, like, I'm just sitting there going, guys, guys. Because I think this kind of goes back to Lloyd Carr. I don't know. John, I, I thought they might have made a mistake where it felt like a lot of fans wanted to run Lloyd Carr out of town. Now, I'm just a kid at that time. And I watch what happened with Rich Rod and what happened with Brady Hoke, and I'm thinking, if I'm Michigan, I do not want to go back to that. Jim Harbaugh does have them at a high level, and it feels to me like, hey, you know, even though that, yes, it has not gone the way they wanted it to go, I don't think anybody needs to freak out. But still, hey, Tom Allen's done a great job at Indiana. I don't want to take anything away, but no, Ohio State, Michigan do not have any business losing to Indiana, and when they do, you're going to be under review by your fan base. All right, look, I mean, you hit several nails in the head there. One, <laughs> I had a radio show with Bill Dufek, former Michigan All-American and the Sunday after the Appalachian State game, imagine how much fun that was. Uh, of course, the Lloyd Carr, when you were a kid, Ken. But uh, even then I said, look, Michigan fans are howling and screaming, but be careful what you wish for. Because, and the same thing here with Harbaugh, is that, okay, if not Harbaugh, then exactly whom? Uh, you know, what's, your, what's your plan B here? And there might be somebody out there who can do it, but not automatic by any means. And the Rich Rod and Brady Hook experiments kind of showed that. Flip side is exactly what you said. Look, hats off to the Hoosiers. They had uh, about a decade of good football karma coming to them. They've pushed Michigan to overtime several times, almost beaten Penn State, almost beaten Ohio State a few times in the last decade, and had nothing to show for it. So 
bound to happen sooner or later, but like you said, doesn't matter. The Hoosiers are not the Buckeyes. And even more than that, the Spartans this year are reloading with a new coach, getting blown out by Iowa, losing to Rutgers at home, and they push Michigan all over the field and beat them also. So you, you cannot spin the one and two here. It's, it, right now it's bad football, and it's shocking, frankly, given the, the coaching staff. So uh, this is unknown territory, Ken, so we'll see how it shakes out. He is the author of Overtime, Jim Harbaugh and the Mission Wolverines at a Crossroads. John U. Bacon joining us on the show. Follow him on Twitter, at John U. Bacon. You said, if not Harbaugh, then who? Because I think Michigan is such a unique situation, and I liken it a lot to Notre Dame. You have a high standard, but you also have a high academic standard. And I think that that is something that's going to be pivotal to this because when you go down the highway and you go to Ohio State, Ohio State, I, you know, it's not easy to get in Ohio State. I tried. I know. <laughs> but but they specialize in we're taking kids from here, here, and here, and we're going to brainwash them to really care about these games, and then in three years they're gone and we have to turn this into a machine. And that's what Clemson's done, Alabama's done, Oklahoma has tried to do to a very high level, a couple other schools here and there. Uh, I, I think Michigan fans want that, but it's very hard to do when you have to satisfy not just a rabid fan base, John, but also a very high academic standard. Well, exactly right, and hats off to Ohio State. I actually taught at Miami of Ohio down the road uh, for one semester as a visiting professor, and they have definitely elevated their academic standards. Uh, from 30, 40 years ago, when a high school degree gets you in, in the state of Ohio, it's no longer the case. It's one of the hardest schools to get into now in the state of Ohio. So, Ken, there's your consolation right there. But, uh, but yeah, Michigan sees itself like Duke basketball or Notre Dame football, programs like that, that they want to win at a high level, but they also want to run it at a high level. Uh, it's not supposed to be a win-at-all-cost program, which means it gets harder to do. Uh, that's not an excuse or an alibi, I don't think, by Michigan fans. I mean, look, they lost to Michigan State, they lost to Indiana. You can't spin those things. Um, but it does make it a harder place to, to please the locals, to please the alumni, the lettermen, and so on. They expect things to be done a certain way. And if they're not, you run into the church of football, which is its own problem. So Harbaugh, of course, was the savior. Uh, not by his own account, of course, but by the fans. Uh, and again, if the Savior can't do it, then people start to wondering, okay, can Michigan ever really compete at this level again? And that remains an open question. John U. Bacon joining us on the show. If you were going to – I know you just said it's an open question. I'm, now I'm going to have to try to ask you to answer it. How would you build it? How, if, you, if they went, John, you're in charge of Michigan right now, boom, November 14, 2020, how would you build it for 2021 and beyond? Uh, first thing I'd do is I'd wait. I would, how about that for a wimpy answer? Let the season play out, see how Harbaugh feels at the end of it. Uh, if it does not go well, if they end up 3-6 and six or something like that, say, okay, why should we believe it's going to be better next year? Show me. Uh, show me your coaching staff. Show me your recruiting. Show me whatever change you're going to make. So make a decision based on that. It is always easier to tweak what you have than it is to start all over. And turnover is highly expensive when you change offenses, as Michigan did to Rich Rodriguez spread offense, and you have a whole different crowd in that, you know, that takes an adjustment as well. So a turnover, man, is, is more expensive than people realize. Nonetheless, I would do what Don Canham, the old AD at Michigan, did in the 70s and 80s. You always have three or four candidates for any coach position ready uh, in a file box in the old days uh, in case anything happened. Who knows? Um, so I'd keep probably three or four names ready in case Jim decided to go to the NFL, and no doubt the New York Jets and others will come calling. Uh, if that happens, then you better be ready. Uh, when Michigan's not ready, they make bad decisions. And, you know, Brady Hoke 
want decisions like that speak out. So I would wait. I'd keep some names handy. I'd have a conversation, but I'd also keep it on a short leash. The next year or two has got to be good. John U. Bacon joining us on the show. See, that that to me is the key when you just mentioned Harbaugh because sometimes I even wonder, is it just a non-fit? Is this guy an NFL coach who's coaching college football? Because anytime we mention Michigan, we go, well, he needs a quarterback, he needs a quarterback, he needs a quarterback. I go, these are the same things I hear on Sunday afternoon getting ready for Monday <laughs> after, after I talk about the Browns and after I talk about NFL football teams. And maybe the Jets – Trevor Lawrence, that whole thing, maybe he's just better off in the NFL, even though, yeah, he wore out his own welcome in San Francisco. Maybe he's just better off there where maybe Michigan's better off with a grinder, a, a, a guy who really knows the area or or knows how to dig in to recruit. Has that been thought of before by the – obviously that's been thought of by the fan base. Has that been thought of by any of the decision makers? Well, that I don't know, and they're not talking these days too much. I get a little bit, but not a lot. But uh... – but you hit upon another point. When Harbaugh first took the job, the first two or three years, when I was going on book tours for other books, um, the fans always ask, you know, you know, how long will he stay and can Michigan keep him? Uh, now the question is, you know, does he burn out after four or five years? This is the first year he's had year six at any place he's coached, including San Diego, Stanford, and the 49ers. So, again, unknown territory. Clearly his brother John has kept it going for a long time, so obviously that's possible. Um, but that's a fair question these days. Um, and also keep in mind, too, I mean, clearly Harbaugh was seen as a savior. He had all the pedigree. He raised in Ann Arbor. He and I were actually high school, hockey, high school sorry, eighth grade hockey teammates for one glorious year. And that was his fourth sport. Cannon is still better than I was in my best sport, so go figure. <laughs> one of us is a great athlete, and I'll leave it at that. Um, but, uh, but, you know, he's not the only guy who can do it. When Bo Schimbecker came in, to Michigan back in 69, the headline was Bo Who. That one worked out pretty well. So you can't say only one guy can do it, but again, Michigan fans want to see it work out very badly, and if it can't for Harbaugh, then the self-doubt becomes overwhelming. How big of a heel am I to say, all right, I kind of want Jim Harbaugh to go back to the NFL, and I really want Luke Fickle to end up in Michigan? Uh, That has been discussed on message boards in a Michigan fan base quite a bit. And, of course, Luke Fickle is steeped in Ohio State lore, former star player there, of course, and then uh, interim head coach, now a star at uh, Cincinnati. Hell, that was Bo's background. Uh, Bo played at Miami, coached at Miami, coached at Ohio State with Woody Hayes. So it has been done before. Um, It won't go very – that talk won't go very far, probably November 14th. But, man, if they lose to Wisconsin tonight, you'll hear more of it. That's for sure. John U. Bacon, he is the author of Overtime, Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan Wolverines at the Crossroads of College Football. You can find it all over the place. I'm sure it's on Amazon. Hey, real quick, how important is, quote-unquote, Michigan man to the fans of Michigan and to the administration of Michigan? To the administration, it matters not at all. They don't even follow football. (laughs) To the athletic (laughs) department, to the fan base, to the rest, uh, it matters immensely. Now, the next question is how do you define that? Of course, the three greatest Michigan men of all time, Fielding Yost, Fritz Chrysler, and Bo Schembechler, all played and coached for rivals before they got to Michigan. They were adopted sons, naturalized Michigan men, if you will, and probably the three biggest pillars uh, on the Mount Rushmore. Pillars on Mount Rushmore, Michigan, mixing metaphors here, Ken. But, uh, but, yeah, so it's very important, but it can be it, – it's negotiable. How's that? I, I love it. I absolutely love it. John, it's always a pleasure to get a chance to talk to you. Hopefully we talk on much happier occasions in the future. I know that these are weird interviews to have to do and to do all that stuff, but we can't thank you enough for the time, buddy.
Hey, anytime, Ken. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Thank you, John Bacon. Find that guy's book. He's a great writer, great guest, at John Bacon on Twitter, best-selling writer. Again, the book called Overtime. You can find it anywhere, anywhere books are sold because he's that good of a writer. There it is. The Michigan man thing throws me off, and I, I tell you, it, it's a total heel turn thing, and I, I wring my hands here like an evil villain because I'm going, man, if Jim Harbaugh – because I totally believe John Bacon when he says, hey, if, if Jim Harbaugh probably won't get fired, but there might be a mutual parting of ways, especially if, they, if the Jets come to call. I'm thinking, man, Fickle, talk about recruiting in Ohio. He would know what, what ticks to Ohio kids. He would know what ticks to the Midwest. He could build a quality program or keep a quality program going and build upon that quality program. I think it would be a very personal thing for him. You want to talk about igniting a rivalry? Because I love to be entertained. I wasn't smart enough to get to Michigan. I wasn't smart enough to get into Ohio State. I want to be entertained. And Luke Fickle going to Michigan as a former Ohio State player would be entertaining. Now, Fickle, hey, you can't go home twice, and you certainly probably can't go home after that one. But I would love the entertainment of that because you want to talk about putting heat right back in the rivalry? There you go. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.